Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. This is Blue Jays Talk. We'll be here till 7 o'clock. The number to call, 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. If you're at home, if you're in the car, if you're filing out of the ballpark, or if you're just simply out for a walk, give us a holler. Tell us your thoughts on a 4-3 Blue Jays win in front of 43,386 at the Rogers Center. Kevin Barker, the focus today was going to be on Kevin Gossman making his first uh, start for the Jays. Charlie Montoya, I think, has actually only seen him throw once, Charlie said, in a Grapefruit League game because so much of Kevin Gossman's work was done in the backfield. Look, uh, five strikeouts, four of them in that splitter that we talked about. Uh, Last night in the opener, Jose Barrios couldn't make it out of the first inning. Now, I know that I thought Charlie last night did a pretty good job of using his bullpen and was pretty judicious. But I got to tell you, the Jays needed, they needed five innings out of their starter today just to kind of kind of put everything back in order, didn't they, with, with Hyunjin Ryu going to Yeah, look, I think after last night's start from Barrios, you know, you needed a little bit better start. You needed, you know... There was a, a, a sort of a different kind of taste with Kevin Gossman because of what happened with Robbie Ray, and he's sort of taking his spot. Is that, a, is that unfair? Probably, but that's reality. And, you know, you needed to see at least one of your two big boys up front there have, have a decent start. You know, tonight what, what I saw was his velocity was up and down, all of his pitches. It wasn't really his velocity on his fastball. It wasn't the split finger. You know, he threw some change-ups. He threw a slider. Velocity was all over the place. I think you know, once he gets in the flow, maybe that had a little something to do with what he saw Barrios do. Mm-hmm. He choking it off last night, trying too hard, maybe trying to overdo too much things. So, you know, veteran guy was watching the game, saw that, maybe he's a little un- more under control, trying to locate a little bit better. Yeah, and, and, and you know, everybody, his fastball command was all over the place. So you had velocity, which wasn't really there. You had fastball command. He didn't really know where all the time it was going. Uh, you, you know, you, the balance lineup the, of the Rangers, too, you got you got to tip your hat a little bit to that. You had to go in and out a little bit. In and out for me means right, left, he's up, you want to go away. Right, he's up, you want to go away. It's different sides of the plate for a guy that does it with two pitches. And if you think about a guy with two pitches, you would think he has to throw strike one. I'll give you an example of that. Uh, first three innings, he was eight for 16. Faced 16 batters to do eight strike ones. That's half the time. It's not very good. Gave up three runs, seven hits. Fourth and fifth innings, he faced six batters. Mm-hmm. He threw six strike ones. Gave up one hit, no runs. So if you take anything away from if, from this, if you're Kevin Gosman, it's going to get better. And I think just the fastball command will make the split finger that much better. You know, I don't know if, how much he likes his changeup. I think once he gets rolling and he gets the feel for the splitty and the feel for the fastball command and throws it where he wants it to go, all those things will be better, be more efficient. He'll throw more strike ones which in turn makes the, the split finger that much better. So you walk away, you good. Kept him in the game. wasn't his best outing. You know, there's only, it's only, only going to be better. So if you're him, you go in the clubhouse, you're thinking, hey, not my best start. At least we won the game. Yeah, you pointed out the fastball command. The four-seamer was up a lot today. It was, was I shouldn't say it was, wasn't up a lot, but it was over it was over the plate a lot. That you know, Again, that's first guy's first start of the, first start of the season. But uh, he did... You know, he, he locked in when he needed the lock-in. 
Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I, you know, that's that's the that's the harsh reality of guys that want to throw fastballs up. Is a lot of times if you if you choke it off, if you're trying to aim it, which he looked to me like he's doing a little bit of that. That's why you saw the velocities on the four seam. We saw some 92s. We saw some 95s when he really needed it, but it was more in that 92, 93 range. When it's sitting at 94, 95, right, you can. Mark it down, put it in your calendar. That's what it's going to be. That will make all the other pitches better. I, you know, again, I just think he was aiming a little bit. Uh, he was trying to force location, and sometimes when you do that, it doesn't come off the hand, off the fingers the way it's supposed to. Again, look up the scoreboard, Jeff. Was this best out, and they still won the game. That's that's what it's all about. It's winning. 4-3 for the Jays. They have taken the first two games of this three-game series. Each team had nine hits. Um, if you look at... Charlie Montoyo's use of the bullpen over these 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 two games. Oh, well, le- let's leave aside last night. But today we saw Yimi Garcia come in, give him another big inning against the top of the order. And and what I what I found because I know Charlie's handling of the bullpen is something a lot of people have talked about. You know, through the first two games, he has gone to Merriweather and he's gone to Garcia against the top of the order against Miller Semyon. And, and Seeger at a point where the game was in the balance. I, I think we're learning. It's early, but we are kind of learning who Charlie Charlie trusts in that in the eighth in the in the in the eighth inning, the seventh and eighth innings, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I think for me, that's that has more to do with they're trying to protect Tim Mesa. Trying, you know, when Tim Mesa came in the game, it was two lefties and a righty. Now, yes. now uh, uh, they pinch hit a righty, so it was two righties and a lefty, but. You, the point is, he's trying to set Tim Mesa up to, to succeed, not to fail. And mm-hmm. if you if you notice, Tim Mesa, ball wasn't come out of his hand the way that it was last year. I mean, it's 91-92. Is that going to work when it matters the most? The meat of the order. That that's the thing you got to got to ask yourself. And for whatever reason, I told you this when I saw him in spring training a couple of times. Just doesn't look right. Like it for whatever reason, the life on the heater, the the life on the sinker. For whatever reason, I, I have no idea what it is. It just doesn't seem like it's it's nice and easy. It's fluid. It seems like he's forcing it like he was today. And when you know, when you start trying to force velocity, what's it do? It gets straighter, and it's not as hard as you want it to be. And I think for me, Charlie, if I know that, I know Charlie knows that, and I know for sure that Petey knows that. And they're going to put him in situations when they don't have their guys that you know had pitched the night before, and they need to bring this guy in. They're going to try and put these guys in positions to to help their team win. That's what it's all about. You know, what is it? The the four guys that come out of the, out of the pen, 14 batters they face. They only walk one guy. You do that consistently, you're going to win most of the game. And, th- and that was the that was one of the issues we talked last year about that bullpen meltdown that ultimately cost the Jays that playoff spot. Uh, one of the real issues was lack of command out of the bullpen. And and, and you, you haven't seen this through two games at least. No, I, well, I, I know for, for sure when I ever – every conversation I've had with Pete Walker is that's the first thing he yells and screams. You know, you yell and scream a ton. But when he does, it's about beating yourself. You know, there's no defense for walks. And when you're walking, guys, you know, that that puts a lot of pressure on your defense and that puts a lot of pressure on quality pitches late in games. And, you know, when it's the highest, the heartbeat starts beating a little faster than it normally does, you tend to throw balls where you don't want to throw them. But Again, it's you know when when your offense goes one for ten with runners to scoring position and you score four runs and your bullpen throws to fourteen batters, you only walk one guy. That's not bad. Things have gone well for you. Absolutely Things have worked out for you. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety. 
star 590, 1-888-666-590. It is Blue Jays talk with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker for three. The Blue Jays beating the Texas Rangers. Uh, Santiago Espinal, after a big hit, hit last night, turning point of the game last night in some ways. Kevin, tonight, doubles in Rymel Tapia with the go-ahead run. Look, we've talked about Santiago Espinal. We talked about the weight program in the offseason. He's stronger. Uh, as we said yesterday, Santiago Espinal and Kevin Biggio, that is that's gonna be a that's gonna be a storyline. People are gonna be people are gonna be talking about it, but I, I mean <laughs> you'll look at the, the, the two at bats he's given this team so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ninety six, a gap ninety six off a 96-mile-an-hour pitch. The ball he hit yesterday was the hardest ball he's hit in his major league career, had the highest exit velo in his major league career. He does, he he really does seem, Kevin, to be a guy who, I don't want to go into the cliche thing and say he likes the big moments. I don't necessarily know about that. But he gives you a good at-bat. He gives you a really good at that. Yeah, there's a lot of things I see there. I, I know that Charlie has a ton of confidence in him. I, I know that he knows that in big spots when Kevin Vigio is playing against the, starting against the righty and late in the game there's a lefty coming in, he's going to be the guy. Like there's no other questions that he's the guy that Charlie's going to go to. And that just eases your mind to know when you need to be ready and know how, how to get loose and, and how to stay loose. And, and, and you've been that guy. Absolutely. And that is, that is important when you know – you, you know, you're not in the starting lineup, but the game's going on. You look down the, the order. You go, okay, this well, this, is, this yeah. is possibly when I'm going to come in. That's important for a guy to know that you're my first option off the bench. I, I know when I tried to do that, I, I was the guy that used to walk up and down the dugout trying to look into the bullpen to see if there was a righty coming in late in the game. That would give me, you know, the mindset of when I'm supposed to be getting loose, when I'm riding the bike, when I'm taking balls off the tee, all the things that it takes to be successful at that. And he's ready to hit. If you've noticed when he goes to play, there ain't no messing around. Mm-hmm. Like, he's getting a foot down. He wants to get it singing, and that's a lot of it, too. That will tell you that he trusts mechanics. He, he's ready to be a big leaguer, which is, you know, 90% of it. If you think you're a big leaguer, that's only going to help yourself, and then you add talent to it. And the strength you mentioned in the offseason, knew it was a weakness. He knew that he got weaker. He got slower. Uh, you know, he wasn't as good a hitter at the end of the season. He wanted to correct that. He comes into this season. Look, how do you not like him on your team? How do you not like him up when, when, you know, you want a big hit? And, again, if you're Kevin Bishio, you're thinking to yourself, I see what this guy's doing. I see what I'm doing. I, I need to start, you know, having better bats. And, and there's a little competition there, and competition's never a bad thing. Bo Bichette had quite a game. He hits the uh, home run. Uh, singles in the, the second inning, part of that part of that two. I'm sorry, in the first inning, part of that two-run first inning. Makes a couple of nice de- defensive plays. One in the uh, with one out in the ninth inning on the line drive. We talked yesterday. We saw it again today. The different different places he's being put now because of Matt Chapman. He's frankly being asked. He's frankly being asked to do a little more defensively now in some in some situations than he was than he was uh, than he was last year. Um, he looks. You know, the, this is a guy in spring training. Wanted to work every day, wanted to play every day, didn't care what his average was, didn't just wanted to be out there. And um, through two games at least, he's he has been an important part of of these 
these rallies, these kind of, and, and not just the home run today, but yet yesterday, the, the opposite field hits, those those little kind of rallies that are building up to big things or those little at-bats that build up to big things. Yeah, well, the, the first hit that he had, he, he was, I like to call, comfortably out in front. Comfortably out in front means you, you've, you've lost your lower half a little bit, but you keep your hands back enough that you, you keep the barrel in the hitting zone long enough to stay through it and soft serve it into left field. And then the home run, he's an ambusher. Like, he, he picks his time. If you've noticed against certain pitchers that he wants to go up and, and get ready to hit, and the home run he hit, look, he's, he knows where he's hitting in the, in the order. He knows certain situations that he can be a little bit more aggressive late in games because who they want to pitch to and who they don't want to pitch to, when it matters the most, that's, you know, he's a smart hitter. He's a, he's a great hitter. He's got bad speed. He's got tremendous rotation in his hips. If you've noticed that, when he gets the foot down, it is just – throwing that back hip hip like nobody's business. You, you would think, you know, him and Blatty are those two, when the foot hits the ground, how much torque they have to generate what they generate with bat speed and, and hand direction and, and, and extension through the hitting zone. I, look, I, it's it's a, he's a remote stopper. How many ro- remote stoppers in the big leagues? I don't know, but there's two or three on this team. The uh, Jays, 4-3 winners over the Texas Rangers. The numbers to call, 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. That leaping catch I uh, I referred to helped Jordan Romano pick up his second save of the season. That's his 25th consecutive save opportunity. That dates back to last season, obviously. And that ties Tom Hankey for the longest streak in franchise history. Okay, we've seen Jordan Romano back-to-back outings right out the gate. No surprise because the save situation was there. What have you seen from Jordan Romano through these these, these first two games? This is a guy that went, that had had a knee injury towards the end of last year. You know, he was hurt. He gutted it out. He's healthy now. What did you see from Jordan Romano? Yeah, I, I told you at the beginning of the season, you asked me who, who some of the key guys were going to be, and I said Jordan Romano can't be good. He has to be great for them to go to the playoffs, and I mean it. And, and you're starting to see that I think he's figured out ways with his routines. You see him running on the field. He ain't sprinting. He's lollygagging onto the field. You know what he's doing? He's trying to save his energy so when he gets to the mound, even his little wind-up thing, I guess that's what you could call it, he's, he's adjusted that. It's no more that bend. Why? That uses energy. You don't want to do that. You want to throw. You want to maximize what you got. The velocity's there. The, the break on the slider's been there. I like it so far. Again, they're going to have to – you know, may not see him tomorrow because they're going to get the Yankees in, in the next three days after tomorrow. So, that, you know, that I'm sure they want him against the Yankees as many times as they can possibly get him in there. But, uh, look, that's – I said 40 saves, and, and that might be soft. He may have to have more than that. 416 870 star 591 Ian in Toronto, you're at the game. Give me your thoughts. The atmosphere in that stadium is incredible. I've been going to Jays games for a decade and a half, and today was nothing like anything I've ever been to. The updates that Rogers did to the stadium were incredible, and if anybody has a chance to get down to see this team and see the new atmosphere at Rogers Center, go down. You will not regret it. Well I got done, a sample. I got, well, <laughs> we'll always take those. I got to. Uh, I I, uh, I got to get to the craft beer corner. You do. I got to get to the craft beer corner. Huh. Yeah, I've already yeah, I've been there. I've already been told about. Well, no, because I've been working for the first two games. I'm not going to. Does this work? I mean, I've been. You know, I've had. 
You know what I mean. I'm not going to go down and have a craft beer. I'm not going to go down. So we can talk about it after the game. That's what we do. I'm not going to go down and have a beer while I'm working. I get it. Not now. I mean, a few years ago I would have. But not now. Game 35 maybe. No, not now. Never. I tell tales out of school, but Richard Griffin and myself, when we were traveling, we'd go out in the uh, outfield bleachers in San Diego on a Sunday afternoon and have the 32-ounce Tecate, uh, you know, got to be done. Yeah, it, it's it's remarkable what the what the stadium, the field looks like. It's it's even the clubhouse. Seen the new clubhouse? Holy moly! I mean, it's just the upgrades, the carpet they put in there, shiny, it's new. It's it's almost like they're trying to live up to what the team looks like. Huh? It, well, and I'll, and I'll tell you this: forty three thousand three hundred and eighty six tonight. You know, the old story is that the biggest crowd of the year is going to be your home opener. Maybe one of the worst crowds of the year is going to be your second game. Let's hope it, so. It, it just is. Keep them coming. But 43-386 after 45,022 yesterday for the opener. That uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised because I think we really get the sense that a lot of people are talking about this team. And, and, and a lot of people, we talked about it yesterday, people have waited a long time for this. This is kind of a, uh, a, re- a return to to normality for folks and um tomorrow they get a chance to sweep the rangers with hyunjin ryu on the mound uh alejandro kirk caught kevin gossman today now i thought buck martinez said something interesting because we have always talked about managers will tell you they don't necessarily like to pair catchers and pitchers together but in in invariably it happens for whatever reason it guys hit on something and and it and it works out but Buck made an interesting point, point today. He thinks that we're going to see the things such as the swing path of Alejandro Kirk versus Danny Jansen come into play when Charlie Montoyo sits down to write out a lineup and 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 they they look ahead to the you know to the to to, to the battery. And I kind of get the sense I get the sense there's just more confidence in Alejandro Kirk all around now than there was last year, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I mean, and maybe there has to be because they've only got. Maybe there has to be. I mean, he's the backup catcher on a big league yeah. team, but supposed to win the World Series. They're expected to win the World Series. Uh, look, he, he's today he was decent. Like he, you know, it's Kevin Gosman's one of those guys, a two pitch guy mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll sprinkle in the slider and the changeup, but mainly he's a two pitch guy. Uh, uh, he ta- he attacks the zone. Most of the time, obviously today he had issues with fastball command, but most of the time he's going to come right after people. He's not going to nibble. You know, Alejandro Kirk behind the place, not back there to, to try and steal strikes or, or live on the edges. Now he's going big target right here. Throw to the big part of the plate, and they're going to put him behind the plate because he is a hitter first guy. He's not a defensive first guy. He's a hitter first guy, and what he brings he, or he gives defensively is only a plus, but Look, I, everybody I've talked to said he's made strides, and they like him. And and pitchers like throwing to him. That's all that matters, right? Absolutely. What did you make of Matt Chapman so far through two games? I thought he was better today. I, what he, he went, uh, I think his first at bat, he went from a 1-2 count to an eight-pitch walk. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'd i like to see him a little bit more aggressive on balls down. I know he took a, a couple of pitches, a couple of strikes. Now, the umpire behind the plate today was – he Fle- make, you, Andy, make you scratch your head a Andy little bit. Andy Fletcher did not have a good game. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, so you take that with a grain of salt. But I, 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 th- I think, me personally, I hope they don't move them around in the, in the order. I think even moving from the sixth spot to the seventh spot, that's a move. 
Don't do that. Leave him in one of the two spots. You can move everybody else around if you want to or do whatever it is to certain guys that you want to do, the bottom of the order, you know, whoever's sitting in front of Chapman or behind Chapman, you can move those guys around. But I'd just like to say put him in the seven hole. That's I think he hit spring training more in the seven hole than he did in the six hole. Put him in the seven hole. He's used to that routine there. Maybe he'll be more aggressive. Maybe the aggressiveness of the people around him when it comes to, you know, I get a pitch middle away, thigh high, oh, oh, I can drive that out to right center field. Parks are shorter here. Ball flies a little bit better. If I backspin it, I put my decent swing on it, I'm going to have success that way. So that's just me. Maybe he don't care. But I liked what he was doing today. You know, right now he looks to me like he's trying to get the foot down and and be a little bit more, uh, you know, less timid, I think, is what the – it's early. He came to a new team. Expectations here are high. He's expected to do a lot on both sides of the ball. And let's give him a little bit of time. But I, I like, you know, what can you not like? He got on base a couple of times, and his at-bats were a lot better today than they were yesterday. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, the throat of Laddie scared me a little bit, but I never like seeing a first baseman have to come up the line. But Vladdy's grown enough at first base that he knows how to do that now. He knows, you know, when to come and get it and when not to come and get it. And, and not every throw from these guys are going to be perfect. Like that, that, that's why good first basemen expect bad throws. Always do that. Lyle Overbay used to tell me that all the time. Go to the bag. When you turn your back to run to the base, the first base bag, all you're thinking to yourself is expect a bad throw. Get in an athletic position. Don't bend over at the waist. Bend at your knees. Get down. That way you can work from the ground up, not the other way, because most of the time if you do it the other way, you're going to miss those balls. I like Vladdy. Like, Vladdy's all over the place over there. He's fun. Mm-hmm. He he gives that, like, hit me in the chest. Don't do that again, which is kind of cool and fun. And he's out. Yeah. No, he, he is uh, – it, it is it, – it's remarkable to think of at, at one point the concerns that people had about Vladdy playing – defense at first 22 year old dh is everybody's yelling and screaming let's do that yeah jason and victoria you're on blair and barker actually you're on blue jays talk with blair and barker but we can call it blair and barker blue jays talk whatever go ahead jason how's it going going well man how's it going out there oh very nice nice sunny day out here what what, what's your opinion on keeping the uh, the platoon at second with uh espinal and uh biggio uh, is, is, are they going to keep playing Biggio just based on the fact that he hits left when it doesn't seem to be a concern for, you know, one through eight? Like, why make it a consideration for the ninth hitter? Because one through eight are better. I mean, I'll, I can't say it any other way. I don't think you can compare Kevin Biggio to George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladdy, Teo, Lourdes, Chapman. Right, or, right. I mean, I mean but, you, just, but, you just can't. Right. So, but, but you know... If uh, if Espinal is hitting the way he is, like why continue with a platoon at all? When why not just play Espinal every day and just have him hit right and just keep him hitting the way he's hitting? Kevin, yeah, I'll turn it over. Yeah, to you. I mean I, that's, a, that's a great question. Thanks for the call. I, I, yeah, and look, at some point that's going to be a debate, Jason. I mean, if this keeps going the way it does, we're on the verge of having that debate. Yeah, I don't know if it's a debate or not. Like every, every contending team has unbelievable players at every position. I, I, Look, Santiago Espinal, we haven't seen him play every single day, seven days a week, that guys have to game plan against him, flipping breaking balls and fastball counts. Have you seen that? Absolutely not. And maybe if I'm thinking that, the Blue Jays are thinking, you know, let's not expose him to the point where he starts taking a step backwards and all of a sudden we got two guys mm-hmm. that aren't hitting at the big league level. And then what? Now you got to go out and find somebody. And 
I don't think that's what they want to do. Dunning, the guy today, threw sinker slider and a slow changeup. Kevin Biggio has got a big, giant loopy swing. Got those sinker. That swing path should go right into the baseball. That's why he was playing today. And they're trying to get him, you know, to just to have better swings at baseballs, hit balls harder, have a better approach to play. It's not like he's not trying to do that. You can see some frustration today. Mm-hmm. Was uh, yesterday not so much. Today you can tell he got some pretty good pitches to hammer. And it was just he's either late, he's in between. Uh, you know, it's he's not real determined on – Pitch sequences. You got to have a game plan up there. You got to you got to start trying to think along a little bit instead of trying to keep your job. I've been there before, and that's impossible to do. And think you're going to go up and perform. There's going to have to be okay, well, there's going to be an aha that. moment. Well, there's going to have to be one of those moments where you can't look over your your shoulder all the time. You got to go up and think. If I take care of myself, I'm going to play. And so Santiago Espinal against tough lefties, he's going to play. But if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, catch the ball all the time, and have competitive at-bats. may not even have to give a hit, get a hit all the time. Have competitive at-bats. But it just looks to me like, because we're talking about it, every, how many calls we had last? Yeah, we've had, we've yeah. had quite I a mean, few that's... about the same thing over and over again when it's only two games. That's, but that's that's understandable. I because guess. It's understandable because everything else is set. You know, look around this team. Even when guys are, you know, even when guys are scuffling, is there a position where you're going to say, oh, that guy's got to go? Are we catcher? Nope. Anybody in the outfield going a deep over, you're going to think of replacing yeah. him? Nope. Anybody in the infield other than the second base position? Yeah, I just Somebody think, goes over 10, you I, look around, you go, nope. I, th- I think the second base position will take care of itself. I'm, yes, I, I'm with you. Now, you know, look, I, 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 I do believe that this roster is not set yet, but I think that if there's any fine-tuning or any tweaking that gets done, you it, the, the focus may be in the bullpen or, or, or maybe in the pitching if it's needed. But I'm with you. I think second base, you know, maybe at the trade deadline, some, somebody falls in your lap. But I'm, I'm okay with these, two, with these two guys playing second base. And, and if Santiago Espinal does beat out Kevin Biggio or the, or the manager, the front office, whatever, just looks at it and goes, you know what, he's a better player. Cabin's going to have to adapt. Yeah, Cabin's not a 20-year-old San, kid. Santiago Espinal got a big hit yesterday and a big hit today. Sometimes you can't rock the boat. Like, you got to, mm-hmm. you know, you, you play the hot hand because the guy may be used and, and, and sort of likes that role right now, and it's better for the team just because you, you, you had a couple of righties ran out there with that bat plane matches up against that guy's pitch. Like, it's and – And I also want to say this about the, the talk about his – how bigger he is and how stronger he is. And I, I think back to covering Orlando Cabrera when he was with the Expos. And he showed up at camp one year, and he was jacked. Mm-hmm. He was jacked. And he went on to have a good year. But I remember talking to him about it near the end of the year, and he said, you know you know what the hardest thing is? He said, it's not putting on the weight and putting on the muscle, coming into spring training and looking big. He said, it's when you get into August and it's hot, and you got to figure out a way to maintain that weight. you got to figure out a way to maintain that strength. Now, they've, this organization's got about 1,001 strength and conditioning experts, and mm-hmm. I think they got a guy running around here giving out water. Um, if you've asked players. for it. Yeah, if you yeah. ask for it. So, which I, you know, and, and why not? I mean, these are, these are finely tuned machines, and you're spending a lot of money on them. Uh, it's like having a self-service station, right, running around. Give me some water. But... That's just let's just let's just keep a 
keep a lid on the whole Santiago Espinal, Kevin Biggio thing right now. I, I tend to agree with you, Kevin. I think that's going to work itself out. Yeah, for, for me, the, the issue for this team, for me anyway, long term, is not the second baseman. It's the bullpen. I, I really do still believe that, that they're going to need maybe two more guys, swing and miss, who've been there and done it before. That, that's no-brainers for Charlie. Charlie's done a heck of a job the last two days. Put, bring Garcia in the seventh inning. That's smart, yeah, right? Lining know, up for the right guy at the right time. I smart. Can, I cannot believe that that at some point yesterday, it, we know that this organization does a lot of planning, but do you think at some point yesterday somebody raised their hand and said, hey, what do we do if Barrios doesn't make it out of the first inning? You know, like I, I give Charlie credit for the way it, Buck Buck made this point, and 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 Ben made the point as well on on the radio broadcast about how theoretically, at least today, other than Trent Thornton, now this is a team that used seven relievers yesterday. Mm-hmm. The one guy who definitely was not available today was Trent Thornton. <laughs> so Charlie did a pretty good job, absolutely, of 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 getting through that game yesterday, and. Again today. Now, now, I thought the most important thing today, the one guy that I didn't want to see today was Stripling because I think you've got to keep Stripling Ryu. ready. Exactly. You mm-hmm. just don't know what, what Ryu's going to give you. So, Merriweather now, he didn't pitch today. Phelps didn't pitch. You've got Stripling. He didn't pitch today. So Simber. Simber. Yeah, thank you. Simber didn't pitch today. So, you're, you're, you're really nicely set up going. And maybe Ryu gives you five, five and two-thirds or six. Maybe he doesn't, then you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. But you're set up. I think if you're the Jays and you try to script how this homestand was going to go, how these first three games are going to go, you got to sit there right now and think, man, considering the fact that our ace didn't make it out of the first inning in the first game, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, right they've now. done a really good job of, of putting everybody in, in, in the positions to succeed. Even the guy coming off the bench, Santiago Espinal, they brought him up the right time yesterday. They brought him up the right time today. They, they let Tapia hit, and then they let sure they let the lefty Tapia hit. Mm-hmm. Then they pinch it. They didn't do the other way around, which I, you know, I, I guess I guess makes a certain amount of sense. I, yeah. I don't know. Would, I mean, let's talk about Chris Wood Chris Woodward's decision there. Uh, he uses uh, he 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 goes he goes to. Uh, the, the righty after after Espinal's pinch it. You, yeah. could, you could argue that he left Martin in too long, but as you pointed out, it was 96 miles an hour. It wasn't like he was soft tossing. Well, you know why he brought the righty in? Because big boy was standing on the on-deck circle in, in Springer. That's exactly why he brought the righty in. It's Once again, the Texas Rangers are in a different position than the Toronto yeah. Blue Jays are. You know, Chris may handle his team and his pitching staff a little differently than, than Charlie Montoya is going to handle his in April, the first couple, four or five games of the season. Chris may be trying to find out what he's got. <laughs> the Blue Jays ain't doing that because you could, you know, I'm not saying you could win, lose the American League East in April, but you could make it real tough on you to come back from those things. And that's what you're seeing. I, it's just, you know, sometimes I think we, we may not give Charlie enough credit, but the first couple of days – I don't think you can sit and pick at anything that he's done and go, huh, why did he do that? No, he's been really good the last two days. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple A, triple six, zero five ninety. It is Blue Jays talk with Blair and Barker. The Blue Jays, 4-3 winners over the Texas Rangers today. They'll go for the sweep tomorrow afternoon, a 137 first pitch with Hyunjin Ryu on the mound. We'll take a look ahead to Hyunjin Ryu's start. And we'll take your calls on today's game as well. This is Blue Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
And Bichette rockets one. Deep left field. Back at the wall. Miller looks up. Goodbye! Bo Bichette ties the game with a soaring home run. That was Ben Wagner with the call of Bo Bichette's game-tying home run. The Jays went on to win the game 4-3 on Santiago Espinal's pinch hit double with Rymel Tapia hauling ass from first base. Two out. He's fun to watch. First to home. First to home. They got a bunch of guys who can do that now. Don't also dropped. Do also dropped. <clears throat> also dropped the sacrifice bunt in the uh, in the eighth inning. Don't have a bunch of guys who have, you have to hit a triple to score from first. Yep. It's yeah, kind of it, nice. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it you you know you you saw there uh, how much that that speed is going to be a weapon for this team this year. Yeah, speed, he just he gives them something. Speed never slumps, and it puts pressure on relays to line up the right way to make the accurate throw, the strong throw, and and how many teams can consistently mm -hmm. do that? Especially the American League East. Look at the defenses. Look at the teams that, that the Blue Jays are competing against. Other than the race, yep, because they got a very athletic outfield that can get to the ball quicker than most other teams but the other two big teams the yankees and, and the red sox you want to put pressure on them. absolutely as much as, as pressure as you can put on them the more runs you're going to score and they can chuck some balls away and you don't have to get hits and, and score runs because of your speed that's kind of nice 416-870-0590 star 590 we're on until seven o'clock eastern it is blue jays talk with blair and barker dan and sudbury Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good. good. What's up, Dan? I uh, just wanted to uh, get your opinion on the uh, Bradley Zimmer trade. Uh, are we going to use this guy, or is he going to be a bench guy? How, how are we going to use him? Yeah, he's going to be your center field replacement. He's a better defensive center fielder than Rhyme Altapia. He's a left-handed hitter. Uh, he's not here yet. My understanding is there was a there was a paperwork issue. I don't I don't know a work visa type thing but uh i i know i heard dan shulman say today that he could be here tomorrow um and when he is here you know i i, I don't yeah know well, i'd have to you'd have to ask yourself who, who's, who's the fourth outfielder is it him or tapia yeah because that matters well they're going to keep one, both of them well what, well you got to get each one of those guys at bats to to keep them sharp and keep them in the game it involves that way when charlie calls on them late in the game to pinch run or Go play yeah. defense or, or getting it big and it at bat. Sometimes you can have too many. Like I, maybe they're getting to that point. I understand why they're doing it because they want to keep George Springer healthy. And George Springer's going to DH a bunch, mm -hmm. and you need a guy that can go get it, right? You because there's going to be some guys because of your rotation, because of your bullpen, who always are not striking people out. Yeah. You got to have that guy. You got to have that guy that can come off a bench and spell your best, one of your better defenders in the outfield. And go get it. Maybe that's him. Yeah, and realistically, they gave up Anthony Castro to get him. I mean, it's not. Yeah, like what they, they gave up is not a big deal. Know, but it, just for me anyway, I don't. Re I don't really know how Charlie's going to use them. Like, there's a lot of them now. How do you keep them sharp? Well, you got other guys that need to DH. I know Vladdy doesn't like to DH. I know Teoscar doesn't like to DH. They'll probably have to a couple of times. I, I think you. I think part of the thing here too is, to, and this gets back to the catching situation. I think it's a reflection. It's a reflection that they, they're, they're prepared. I think it's funny because we spent so much time talking about Alejandro Kirk being traded and and how you know he would be part of a deal for Jose Ramirez or this or that. 
I think now that the Jays have basically said, we're not, we're not going to move him. I mean, this guy is going to be playing every day in some way, shape, or form for us. And I think if he's catching, then maybe you want to have Tapia in the lineup, the, the left-hander, and you want to have another left-handed hitter off the bench. I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I, we're, we'll, we'll need to see who goes down. Right, we'll need to see who goes down. Now, Ghost K. Coteau might be a candidate to Zach go down. Collins. Zach Collins would be. I, I think, I mean, if it's me, I, I want to keep Coteau up here just because he. Pinch run late in the game. Pinch he's, run. He's a good defender. He, he's a good defender. He can play all those infield positions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't, you got to keep this in mind. If Santiago Espinal becomes an everyday player, you're not going to be able to use him no. to fill in at third or fill in at second or fill in at short or where, whatever. You need that guy. You need that guy on your bench who can go in to to, to play an inning at at a certain position. Yeah, you, you just do. So, mm-hmm. uh, but but that is my understanding. That's why Bradley Zimmer isn't here right now. It, it's uh, it's more a paperwork uh, paperwork issue than anything else. And and you know perhaps he is perhaps he does uh, perhaps he does show up tomorrow. Yunjin Ryu gets a start tomorrow. Kevin, what uh, what do the Jays need? Needs never mind, needs never mind what word. the Jays need from him. What do you what do you want to see? What do you want to see from him? Uh, I want to I want to see arm speed on the changeup. I want to see him locating the fastball down and away. I want to see him be able to throw the cutter up and into a right-handed hitter. I want to see all three of those things. I, I think he had his mulligan last year. I want to see him in better shape on the mound. I think we saw that in spring training. He looks like he showed up stronger, not shape. You know, it depends on what your definition of that is. He looks stronger to me. Lower half looks bigger and bigger. I don't mean by, by you know, been eating too much. I mean, he, he looks like he's been lifting some weights. Mm-hmm. He's been doing some things that will maintain the arm speed that will – make the change up that much better the velocity is the velocity a big deal with him maybe you know maybe you need to see i'm more interested in the arms the 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 actual the arm speed if he has arm speed the velocity will be there so that that's the one of the couple of things that i'll be looking for strike one arm speed cutter up and into righties good arm speed on the change up he gives you those who give you four innings when he came over here if you talk to people we'll talk to scott boris people around boris corp or people who covered him with the Dodgers one of the things they said is that this is this guy this is a really proud guy he is well aware that he's a big deal in his homeland Mm -hmm. he does not like to be embarrassed now I'm not saying that he was embarrassed the past two years but I'm willing to bet Kevin that in his mind he thinks that he wasn't as good as this organization needed him to be the past couple yeah of I years. think that I think that's fair right I, I again this is just me from from watching him every single day like we do I think he was out of shape last year I, I think uh, the minor leagues fields stadiums mm-hmm. put him in a bad place bad place you know you can define that as many ways you want to but when you start talking arm speed and, and underperforming the way he did it's accumulation of a bunch of things and again I, you know I think for him uh, he, he had his mulligan there's certain guys that that you're allowed to have, you know, at least one in a, in a, a deal. Mm-hmm. And I think he had his last year. And I think again, this this he's got a little something to prove this year. Like you know, it's a I'm the number three guy on a rotation that's supposed to go the, to the World Series or deep in the playoffs, and I need to contribute a little 
to help do that. And I just I think you'll see a little bit more. Again, I saw him down there in spring training. He looked to me like he's in better shape. He looked like he was, I don't want to say throwing harder, but I think it looked like it had late life to it. I know when I heard him in the bullpen and I listened. And it's just like when you hear a guy in the, in the batting cage, it sounds different. Sound when he, in his bullpen was different. It's hitting the glove a little different. Like it was, it had the pop that it didn't have last year, and maybe that has something to do with, you know, he's got a little something to prove, and he's in better shape. Hopefully for the Blue Jays and their fans, you know, he comes tomorrow prepared to do those things, and and I think he will. Yeah, I think he's facing the right team. Now he'll, he'll have a couple lefties in there that he needs to be a little bit better with than he was last year. He didn't locate against lefties, gave up too, home, too many home runs. That, that could have had something to do with the mindset. I do know in Dunedin, it eliminated his changeup. That down and away to a righty of the changeup because all you had to do is flip it and get it in the air in right center, and you were messed up. Like it was going places that it normally doesn't go, and he had to adjust to that. It's just not good enough to do. Let's be honest. They're fine. There are fine margins with him. Absolutely. Right? Compared to a lot of other pitchers. It's 90, other and pitchers. he's left-handed, and he's got to set guys up. It's got to be in the right location. It's got to down and away, up and in, down and away, up and in with some movement like they got to be there they can't be middle and outer third elevated if they are it's god it's all about sequencing with him oh, too. It like is. it's it 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 really is Can you imagine that button on this they use <laughs> that pitch not... com with him he's like pushing it he's got like two yeah, pitch i'm wondering comps. about that <laughs> yeah i i I, I, yeah, I'm trying to imagine Danny trying to, trying <laughs> Two to pitch use, one on his shin guard and one on his wrist. One in his helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think you may want to keep a little simple. I think you'll be simple when it comes to him. I think he'll be really good. I think he's got something to prove. And I think he believes that you said that you said that to me about a, a week ago or two weeks ago when you got back from Florida and we were just, we were just shooting the crap about, about the team. And you made that point that you thought that, that Hyunjin Ryu felt that he he need he he owed these these guys something. Yeah, and I know you know I hate saying he owed these guys something, but that again that he didn't contribute as maybe, much as he felt he should. Maybe if he thought he would have had a better season last year, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Quite frankly, yep, I think that's what he thinks, and I think you'll see a better Ryu this year. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight. Triple six zero five ninety. Roy in Toronto. You're on Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. What's up, Roy? Nothing much. I uh, love the Blue Jays so far this year. I uh, just have a question for you guys. So I'm looking at the lineup and going into August, going into September, going into playoffs, and I see a lineup that has a bunch of righties. I mean, talented as they are, I've looked back and over the past decade or so, we don't see only one left-handed hitter that's in the starting lineup. And the team ends up making it deep into the playoffs. So just wondering what you guys think. Um, you know, we got a couple of bench lefty hitters. I understand that situationally that might work. But um, the 2016 Jays also ran into a similar problem. And uh, what do you guys think? What are they going to do to maybe bolster that starting lineup with a maybe lefty down the road? And I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Thanks. Thank you very much, Roy. I'll turn it over to you. Well, well Roy, I've said this when Jeff asked me where I thought the Blue Jays were going to go, and I said I think this lineup can win the American League East, but I don't think it can win the World Series, and I'm going to stick to it. If you saw John Gray yesterday, John Gray's not a great pitcher. He's a good pitcher. He's not a great pitcher. He worked through the first time through the order pretty easy. 
with, with a, a running fastball with a little bit of velocity and a horizontal slider. Not a great slider, horizontal slider. Imagine how that would look if that was in the playoffs against the best of the best. They're in the playoffs for a reason. Obviously, we know the expanded playoffs. You may get some lesser starting pitching, but if you want to go deeper, you know, the deepest into the playoffs, I personally think you need to get a lefty in here that's better than a couple of your big-time right-handed hitters. I have no idea who that is. You know, we, the, the Joey Votto thing's been thrown around. I don't even know how that would work out, how much money you'd have to eat, who you'd have to get up to give him. That might be a guy you would think about down the road. Experience, guy that can ambush, who's made adjustments, who if you hit in front of Vladdy would get some heaters to do that and can hit good pitching. I think that's it, Jeff. You can't bring the, the, the Tapias and the, and the Zimmers yeah. in here. That's not going to do it. You need that guy that's left-handed that, quite frankly, is better than a Teoscar Hernandez. I don't know if that's – Or at least as good. There you go. No, I, I mean, this is an argument that everybody everybody in baseball has. And I know that last year, uh, or I should say in the offseason, Ross Atkins made the point that when you look back at the end of the season, the Jays didn't – the Jays felt they needed to have the platoon advantage late in the game a little more than they did. You know, uh, Parker, you just mentioned get a left-handed hitter as good as Teoscar or better than Teoscar. Yeah, and now it's asking a lot. Yeah, he's a, he's and you know what you're going to have really to give up player. to get that? You're going to have to give up another real good – player i want to win the world series i look i think i think there's a reason that this team wanted somebody like jose ramirez uh, a switch hitter they i'm sure will make a serious attempt at getting another at getting another left-handed bat at some point but yeah guriel springer hernandez the catchers vladdy Bo, chapman there's, nobody's going to knock those guys. Nobody's going to knock those guys no. out of out of out of out of their spots. But yeah, the I, the, the, sure the postseason. The I, I think Bueller's, you need it. the Max Scherzer's, the Jacob Degroms. Now I'm saying those are the best of the best. But you want to well, give yeah, yourself if, a chance. Look, if John if John Gray can go through you, what do you do? What did we talk about yesterday? His first 38 pitches. They were one for nine the first time through the order. Danny Jansen had the, the 17 right. hopper through the right side of the infield. The first 38 pitches were either sliders or fastballs. Yeah, he didn't throw a change up until Biggio. Uh, when did we say that? He didn't throw a change up until until Biggio came up in the in the third inning. So he got he got Springer to strike out, Bichette to ground out, Guerrero to ground out, struck out Teoscar, Gurriel to ground out, struck out Kirk, Chapman uh, fouled out, Jansen singled, then Biggio came up, and and that's the first time he used something other than a slider or fastball. And keep in mind that slider was something that he was fiddling around with. Right, like it's something he worked on in in in, in sure. spring training, and your point was, that's an example of yes, we understand that just sticking in somebody because he's a left-handed bat doesn't necessarily help your lineup, but that was an example of how pitchers can game plan a lineup that is so heavily right-handed. An example that you just mentioned, the first 38 pitches, well, the, the 39th pitch was a change-up to Kevin Biggio. Yeah. That, that's the whole point. Kevin Biggio is not a great hitter, but he's left-handed. So he forced and him to – And John Gray th- thought just because he's left-handed, now i got to mix it up because of bat pass. That's what you want to do. Even the Rangers lineup. You saw Gosman today. When, when the splitty's not working and the fastball mm-hmm. command's not there, now all of a sudden, because they're left-handers, you want to throw change-ups. Yeah. Because they're right-handers, you want to mix in a, a slider occasionally to, to give a guy a different look. And that's the whole point in having balance in your lineup. You want to give that 
You don't want to let that starting pitcher or any pitcher get in a groove by just saying, okay, here's that. I can go to this location. I can go to this location. Like Gosman today had to go, you know, away to lefties, away to righties. That's two different locations. When you don't have locations with, with certain pitches, then you start to search for other things. And, you know, we're picking here. But yeah. I think if you want to win a World Series, you got to you got to make it tougher on managers to match up and starting pitchers because once you get to those spots, you're going to be facing the best of the best pitchers. Yeah, and and you know the Braves showed us last year that it's not just a matter of simply going out and getting lefties. It, you you've got to you've got to have and and this is this is the way the game has gone right now. But you've got to have guys with different swings. You, it, it, it's not just a matter of lefty-righty, lefty-righty, lefty-righty. You've got to have righties, or you want to have righties who handle a certain pitch better than other guys in your lineup. And, and one of the things that Braves lineup did so well in the World Series is they just had a, they had a bunch of guys with different strengths. And you had to really think your way around that lineup. And I think ultimately that was one of the reasons that they, they, they won the World Series is – you've only got so much bandwidth if you're a if you're a pitcher and when the pressure's on and you're required to think more and you're required to adjust to seeing a number of different things at some point at some point it's it it may not work out for you so i i think that's that's kind of where we're at with with the uh with the jays lineup and i mean I, i would be lying if i said i i did a i did a deep enough I've done a deep enough dive into this lineup that, you know, Springer's bat path is this, and Bichette's is this, and this guy's strength is this, and this guy's – I just see a bunch of guys that can, they can hit baseball. Yeah, see, I see. I don't look at it as bat pass, and I, I look at it that it gives the other guys something else to think about. They have to mix it up a little bit more than just using a ball that goes this direction, a ball that goes that direction, mm, okay. and you can get in a groove and consistently do it over and over and over because you got the same kind of hitter standing at the plate. That's the point. Look at the Dodgers, best lineup in baseball, I think. Mm-hmm. Righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Oh, you're that, right. That, there's you're a right. reason for that. But I mean, that's also that's 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 kind of an i that that's an ideal world too. I, ideally, yeah, you'd like to go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, and have them all be really good. Have them all be all stars. Like it'd be great if I could if you could wave a magic wand and turn turn Teoscar into a left-handed hitter or something like that, or turn turn Lourdes into a left-handed hitter. But uh, I mean, obviously that that, uh, that 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 clearly isn't that clearly isn't going to happen. But it's yeah, I, I think. Look, I think the front office is showing us what have they done in the you know in in the off season around the edges of this team, right? They had Greg Bird in, he left. They brought Zach Collins in. You know, they've they've gone out and um, and and they've acquired Bradley Zimmer. What do these guys all have in common? They're all left-handed. Bats. So that that's telling you something. Yep. You know, there's an awareness that, yeah, we we may not be able to have an everyday player who hits left-handed, but we are aware of the fact that we've got to at least have that component to the uh, to the attack. But you know what? You can do that in season. Like let's let's see if if Zimmer and Tapia if they can can help out and contribute a little bit as lefty hitters, then that just means you don't. It's going to make it easier to go into the trade deadline dealing from strength when you when you talk. Yeah, to they they have a good enough team right now to win the American League East. 
just a question will be the closer you get to the playoffs. I do you think this lineup and this team can win the World Series? If you don't, then you may have to go out and give out a give up a Otto Lopez and a Nate Pearson for whatever that name would be. Uh, Buck Martinez made an interesting comment during the game today, and I, I, I wanted to. I made a note of it, actually. I wanted to bounce it off you about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. We've, we've talked about how Lourdes Gurriel Jr. put together a good final two months of, of, of the regular season last year and how there are a lot of expectations on him this year. Buck noticed that, that Texas was playing him pretty much straight up. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? Does that tell you that the team respects him as a hitter? Because it was, you know, Buck made the point, and I was just thinking about that. What does that tell you? Because there are a lot of hitters in this team that you, other teams don't play straight up. Now they're probably going to have to. If Bo and Vladdy keep keep going like that, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna you're gonna cause the managers to sit down and you know get a hold of their khakis and say, "Help, we need to do something different." But what does it tell you that they? That, that they're doing that with Lourdes. Yeah, I, I, th- I think this this day and age, it's, it has more to do with they don't really know how to pitch him. Than, really? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, because if Lourdes has a good bat path and stays inside the baseball, you know, when, when he's going bad, he doesn't do that because he has really long arms, and for whatever reason, the lower half's not matched up to the, to the upper half, and he tends to cast like a fishing pole. The hands want to go, like say he's a right-handed hitter, his hands want to go out towards like first base and around the third base, and then he's out and around and hits a bunch of ground balls or he hits a weak fly ball to right center field. Right now, he's not doing that. He's, he's moved off the plate a little bit, which frees up where the plate's at. That, that, for me, too, is one of the issues that I used to have and, and a lot of hitters have. Vladdy is sort of going through a little bit of the same thing, too. They think they can get out Vladdy in off the plate, start it, make it look like a strike, and then it dives six or seven inches off the plate because he, they know he's very aggressive, and they want to see if they can, he can get himself out. So, And that's why Vladdy's just trying to hit it trying over to there, hit it over stay there. inside the baseball to maybe get them to change their plan. But right now their plan is in off the plate and away off the plate. So – yeah, because ultimately, if you're going to give up, if 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 single you're facing, to right field is better than a, exactly, you're facing Vladdy Guerrero Jr. You'll take a single to right field and cracking concrete and left yeah, center. You'll take that every day. Yeah, I, I just for me, I think Lourdes is in a, in a in a good place, and and how does he maintain that and and continue to do that? For me, it's what you swing at. I think he's trying to figure that out every single day, and if he can continue to do that, the the Bat path and all the things that add up to him being successful will stay there just because he's swinging at a good pitch. The uh, Texas Rangers, as we as we mentioned, uh, will uh, start at Dane Dunning today. Pitch five innings, three runs and five hits, a pair of walks and four strikeouts. Uh, he's conned five innings in each of his two career meetings with Toronto. Bo Bichette has touched him up for solo home runs. Uh, on uh, on both occasions, and as we said today, it was a Bo Bichette home run that tied the game, and the Jays eventually went ahead 4-3 and won the game 4-3 on a Santiago Espinal pinch hit Funny. double. Best buddies in the offseason. they got, got a little something going there, don't they? Who? Espinal and Bichette. And, and Bichette, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I think we told the story before that during the during the, the COVID-19 pandemic, Espinal – Espinal basically moved into the Bichette household uh, along with uh, a guy that people would be surprised, Forrest Wall, yeah. was, was part of that. They, they basically moved in with the Bichette family. And, huh. uh, you ever talked to his dad? 
Boba Shett's dad? Yeah. He, he know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I would think that that would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's, I mean, stories like Espinal's are, are, are cool. That's where there's nothing better than seeing an organization acquire a guy and then just see him develop. That's why the 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 Teoscar Hernandez thing uh, in, in, intrigues me so much. You know, the, the story Buck told today in the telecast about when the Jays made the deal with the Astros and, and he was talking to an Astros person and he, he asked him, well, what have they got in Teoscar? And the guy said, well, you probably got a right-hand hitting Ezekiel Carrera. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Obviously, he's turned into something a little better than that. But that's you know that's part of the deal with baseball too. It's not just the guys you draft and develop. It's other people's other people's players that you acquire and turn into major leaguers. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, the Bichette family has seen an opportunity for Santiago Espinal, and they're wanting to help as much as they possibly can. And you know, you 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 give yourself every opportunity and every chance to make a big league team, and that's what he's done now. And he's taken it and run with it. He's made adjustments as he had to make to impress. And what better way to do it than live with the Bichettes? And they're giving us a light show here, Barker. I like it. They're giving us a light show at the ballpark. There, it's like it's like Danny Jansen with his pitch comp thing. He's got a new toy. As a matter of fact, maybe Danny's down there in the dugout right now pushing these buttons and it's it's affecting the light show but i think that's it's almost like closing time i think isn't it tom young when the red lights and the blue lights start going yeah no i don't please don't sing the song you know that's that's that not that's not necessary but uh yeah it is closing time for us two in the bag the jays are two and oh they're well on their way to the 2022 world series there's not much doubt about that the more they get it wow the more they two get it games in two games in well yeah Two and zero. You know what they say? Two and zero is better than zero and two. I'll say they're they're finding ways to win that they the games that they normally wouldn't win in the past. Yeah, one for ten with runners in scoring position, and their starting pitcher was. Eh. Yeah, they exactly. They won a they're game. They're winning games. One for ten with runners in scoring position, and they after winning a night where the starting pitcher didn't get out of the first inning, that has not always been the case. Nope. That has not always been the case for this team. Again, the final, Blue Jays four, Rangers three. Game three of this series goes tomorrow afternoon, a 137 first pitch. Thanks, as always, for listening to Blue Jays baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. For Kevin Barker, Tom Young, everybody back at the mothership, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us on Blue Jays Talk. We'll be back again tomorrow.